Hello and welcome to the Ireland on the Fly podcast, covering the people and places about fly fishing in Ireland. Without doubt, these are extraordinary times we're living in, and while we don't know what the future holds, I do know it's our passions and hobbies, such as fly fishing, that can help keep us sane. If you're able to get out fishing safely and avoiding close contact with people, it's a welcome relief, so do make sure to get your time in. But if you're not able to or don't feel safe doing so, then I do hope listening to this and other podcasts helps bring you to that world of fish and fly fishing that we love so much. Don't neglect it. Do keep up to date with important information, but do also switch off and plug out from it all from time to time. Now more than ever, we need nature, the outdoors, and a return to what we hold most dear. So back to this week's episode. It's all about streamer fishing and how and why you should be trying it, and not just when the river is in flood. Keith McDonald, aka fluffchucker.com, is an advanced fly casting instructor based in Dublin who's now committed almost completely to the pursuit of big trout with streamers. And I asked Keith how his passion for this method came about. I suppose it was uh, going to South America in 2003. And I went to this place, Junin de los Andes, uh, in, in Argentina. And the guide I had was really into the streamer thing. Now, at that time, there would have been large woolly buggers and Mickey fins and these kind of patterns. But I hadn't seen anything like it before, and the reaction to the fish was just fantastic. And uh, the approach to it was a teeny 200 fast sinking line and hit the banks of the, the river and pull the fly away, strip it away, and the fish would chase it and wallop it, and it was just brilliant. So when I took it home, I found very quickly that it worked. Um, and I've been doing it ever since. But in the meantime, um, a friend of mine, Mick Doyle, had got this book, uh, Modern Streamers for Trophy Trout, which is Kelly Galoop. I guess he's a really well-known guy in the States and he's becoming more well-known in, in Europe these days. He's uh, he's a great guy, really outspoken, opinionated, got strong uh, thoughts on on fish, fishing and their behavior and that sort of thing. And uh, his approach to it was just, um, it really made sense to me, um, having seen this stuff. So it's been evolving. Um, You know, the Americans have have led the way really, but it works equally well here um and and is it a relatively new obviously when you came back from your trip like literally nobody had been doing it over here like had is it starting to cotton on a little bit is it it's, it's a bit like a uh, kind of i'm not what, sure that there was nobody but it, there was very few people maybe a handful of people and i think there's probably still only a handful of people that are really as silly about it as as i am i mean i'd spend the, the whole season doing it Oh, would you? Oh, oh, to the exclusion of uh, yeah, wet fly, dry fly, yeah. nymphing, anything like yeah. that? Yeah. Well, I mean, last season I uh, I did quite a bit of dry fly fishing, but ordinarily I wouldn't have. I'd have stuck to the streamer all season long with the belief that I hold that, uh, you know, once a fish gets over a certain size, he's going to um, feed predominantly on larger items and, uh, you know, to get that response or to, to move that fish, you've got to give him something, you know, according to that sort of size range of the, the food base. 
And is it a case of that you'll catch less fish but bigger ones? Yeah, definitely. As you go up in size, it's a lot of diminishing returns. Um, there's no hard and fast rules. I mean, some days in a in a good flood, you can turn every fish in the pool with the biggest fly you have. And I'm talking about like the, the biggest fly that I use now would be six inches long. Most of them would be in the kind of three, four, five inch range. Um, but, you know, if you go down to the three inch range, then you can meet the kind of trout that we're all used to seeing in Irish rivers, the 10, 12 inch fish will take it. Does it take a different kind of mindset or attitude nearly to get up to the four or five, six inch size flies to be cast? Yeah, it does. It's it's just having absolute confidence in it and, and it just builds up over time. I mean, if I was to advise somebody starting out would be to go for a smaller streamer, a standard kind of size two or size four um, woolly bugger, conehead woolly bugger, those sort of things. And because you will meet um, numbers of fish. Um, now, it doesn't work every day. It's like anything in fishing, but um, on its day, you will meet an awful lot more fish, whereas as you go up in size, you're less likely to encounter fish, but the fish you do encounter, as a general rule, will be bigger. I, I was always asked to be, oh, it's, you know, it's really kind of for when the river's high, you know, it's coming off a flood. Um, you know, like take this time of year, early season. Yeah, there's no, well, there's no doubt that a flood is um, when I really get excited. Um, but it really depends on the water. There's some pools that only fish in, in lower water and um, the type of streamer fishing that i enjoy is getting the reaction from the fish seeing the fish react to it uh, whereas earlier in the season i think you know fish are more lethargic there's less of a, an active food base in, in lower water temperatures so you've got to um you've got to fish slower deeper possibly um so it's not as visual, whereas the, the visual aspect to it is the thing I enjoy because most people think it's that fishing with big streamers is heavily weighted things that are dredging the bottom. And there, there's a place for that, but the, the fun bit for me is um, casting to where I think the fish is and getting that reaction and seeing it happen. Because sometimes they'll come across the pool after it, you know, you see, you see them behave completely differently than you would with any other uh, fly fishing method. Like you said, it's nearly taken over in terms of your fishing style, like to the exclusion of everything mm, else. I it guess. has. I mean, I I used to fish with a, a double-handed rod and swing flies for salmon, and I just discovered that it wasn't really my thing. I mean, I spent a lot of time uh, with the casting, and I loved the casting with the two-handed rod, but um, I much prefer to... Um, be active, actively um, uh, working the fly, and you know, really, I I like to keep on the move and and fish quickly, and uh, it just suits me. Yeah. So talk to me. Um, you know, for anybody listening that's thinking of having a go at it, 
not very experienced at it maybe um you come to a river is it really kind of your you're searching the water so don't be hanging around you know cast yeah, move def- definitely i mean there's there's no rules to say don't stand there if you find a, a spot that looks fishy um but I, I give it a couple of casts and keep going and generally you know it's it hits the water and within a strip or two you get a reaction that he's not there not prepared to to play ball also is it a bit like you know certain speeds will work someday so you just gotta you know there's no hard and faster you gotta change it up if you're having no look with the fast strip and you slow it down definitely i mean we were talking about spring i think if you're going to look at it in cold water where where it seems to change is around 10 12 degrees in the water temperature where they're prepared to chase to move for the fly prior to that you really need to slow it down and it's is it's more as if you're you're feeding the fish rather than trying to get him to chase it so it's just a case of putting in the time the hours being prepared to have kind of yeah empty it days, is blank days and yeah. put them when you've, you hit it you've 100 you've got to be prepared to uh, take the bad days because there will be plenty of them but i mean the reward to me is huge i think they're absolutely stunning creatures you know a really big trout when you get up over 20 inches in length, you know, once you're going into the three, five up pounds range, they're just they're amazing looking with the hook jaw. And, you know, it's really worth it. Is it similar then to salmon fishing in the sense of that the people would argue that the type of fly doesn't matter? Obviously, the size would, you know, but does it really matter whether it's woolly bugger or? It's, it's a conf- confidence thing completely. Uh, I mean, if my box got low and I didn't have one or two particular pat- patterns, I'd feel at a loss, um, and I probably uh, wouldn't achieve it as much. And that's just the way it is. Um, so, um, you know, it's important from your own headspace to have the the right fly that feels right and and looks good to you in the water. What's your um, go-to? So, there's a couple, um, and they vary basically. I mean, they're, they're all essentially overgrown woolly buggers, so they're articulated flies that generally have two hooks, and uh, they vary according to the small amount of weight put in the front. The weight is simply to get it through the surface film as quickly as possible, because as I was saying, you're expecting the reaction pretty quick. But the heads, um, you know, wool heads are deer hair heads I'm big fan of because of that um, that push of water and the way it stops the, the fly and the tail kicks once the fly stops um, and then one that's really effective is um, uh, I don't know whether you're familiar with the fish skulls um, they're small little kind of brassy coloured heads that you put eyes onto they've got a bit of weight in the front and you get this kind of up and down serpentine action from them in the water and, and where's your is, is the boyne your local river keith yeah the boyne the liffey i mean i've got the owen daughter which flows into the uh into the daughter just beside my house so i fish the daughter a little bit but i tend to go further afield um i fish all over the country and yeah, I like the Boyne, I like the Liffey, uh, there's a, a few others. 
Well, it sounds brilliant. Like, and it's definitely, do you know what? This time of year, early season is a great time to try for people, isn't it? In terms of the streamers to have a go. You know, you might think, oh, the river's too high or... Um, yeah, once the water temperature comes up a bit, it becomes a bit easier. Um, you know, if you wanted to go out and catch numbers of fish, I would guess uh, nymphing is more effective early season. But I'm, I'm not a massive fan of of nymphing myself. But um, it it would certainly be, you know, my advice if you were going to go and try it now would be to start with a, a smaller fly. At least you've got some confidence in the fact that it, it will work on the general trout population rather than trying to go straight for that really big fish because you're up against it anyway. You know, but once the water starts to warm up and you've caught a couple of fish with the standard size flies and you can move up. It's important to say with those bigger flies that um, you need to focus on, on casting. You, you need to be able to double haul and generate line speed in order to carry the flies. And you need to have a short leader, um, you know, no longer than five feet um, of quite heavy mono or fluoro. I mean, I wouldn't go below 12 pounds, 15 to 20 pounds wouldn't be an issue. The flies take about 40 minutes on average to tie those big ones. Um, so you don't want to be losing them uh, on the fire bank. And generally stick with a, an intermediate, is it? Um, it's really up to the individual. I like the uh, the intermediate. My friend, uh, Kieran O'Kelly, who, I mean, he fishes so many days of the year. I'm awful uh, jealous. He's a great uh, streamer angler. He's got fish up to nine pounds. Um, he lives up in Kells. Um, he uh, he fishes floating line. He likes a floating line, and he fishes uh, a really big. I don't know whether you've seen those game changer flies. They've got a number of sections. They're quite a big, uh, big profile in the water. He's good success with them, but with a floating line. So, not that it it wouldn't work. I really like the fact that. Um, a small bit of weight in the fly and the line means that you're uh, getting through a surface film and, and fishing immediately as soon as the, the gear touches the water. And, and upstream and then stripping it back, is it? Yeah, so either upstream or across is best. So if you take that sort of 90 degree angle anywhere in that zone, something that puts an awful lot of people off doing it is they try it once or twice and the gear isn't working for them and they say this is hardship it's too much too much like hard work and, and knock it on the head whereas if you get it set up right with a short leader um, and you know you don't want too much weight in the fly not too heavy line and you know you should be able to fish it easily enough the sure is a fantastic streamer river uh, i was lucky uh, a number of years ago to um, have access to it and we floated uh, from clonmel in a boat a number of times and got some serious trout on it and some of the fish that we moved were just fantastic 
Oh, there's absolute lunkers in there. Like, there's no doubt about it. Like, um, there's, yeah, it's incredible head of fish, you know, like serious fish. Um, yeah, but yeah, so. actually, just, just from chatting to you this evening, I hope anybody that's listened to it as well can a learn from it. They haven't started it, but if they have to go back again, because I'm going to do it now. From what you're saying, is I'm going to go intermediate, bit of a lighter setup, and I, look, it's like you said, it's, look, it's like any kind of fishing it has to be enjoyable first and foremost. If it's too much work, there's something. Something absolutely, wrong, you know, yeah, uh, rethink your so tactics. A heavy, short leader, um, you just get less of a hinging effect with the, the you get, you know, that nasty kick you get with heavily weighted flies. Just you want to eliminate all of that. Um, and if anybody has any questions about it, they're welcome to get in touch, you know, through my website or yeah, fluffchucker.com or any of that. Yeah, for anybody listening, go to Keith's website, there's an incredible gallery of fish pictures of fish <laughs> if you're if you're unconvinced of the value of streamer fishing check out the gallery on <laughs> fluffchucker.com and uh you will be a convert <laughs> to to it like it's but like i said you got to put in the hours you got to put in the days you know and be prepared to to to, to to slog it out and then when you hit the sweet spot it's it's all the sweeter as you said well Keith listen thanks a million for for taking the call it's been absolutely brilliant talking to you. um I'm gonna no problem get out. I'm gonna get out of, get out again and I'm gonna take your advice um and you never know fingers crossed uh, we'll uh, we'll do it um and look we'll catch up again and if there's any great. any news of great fishing uh, keep us posted I'll let, I'll let you know <laughs> thanks a million there my thanks to Keith McDonald of fluffchucker.com for joining me on the show I'll be back next week with another episode of Ireland on the Fly don't forget to rate review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from you can also keep up to date on irelandonthefly.com as well as on Instagram at irelandonthefly in the meantime do stay safe and thanks for listening <laughs>